Brilliant. But, um, so whether you're here in person or if you're online, you're most um, welcome. As Laura said, my name is Paul. I'm part of the leadership team here. And I'm just going to you know, on a series that we've started a couple of weeks ago called Going to Renew. And um, as a kind of church leadership team, we felt like God gave us this word about just renew. And Joe, uh, very brilliantly, I'd encourage you if you weren't here last week to listen to it, began to unpack kind of what that looked like, this kind of invitation from God to step into the renew. And um, just want to find out if this works. Oh, I've got to go one more. And um, she had this slide, and she talked about kind of renewal being part of this idea of renewing our commitment to Jesus, this idea of kind of renewing our community life and our relationships, renewing our kind of understanding of our calling, our vision and purpose, and um, this idea of just growing in our expectation of the Holy Spirit, His presence and His power. And so as part of this series, we're focusing particularly on that bit that's highlighted, this idea of the Holy Spirit. And Joe talked about who the Holy Spirit is, that he's not a kind of force, he's not this kind of the idea, if you have an old Bible, they used to talk about the Holy Ghost, but that he's actually a person. So much so that a couple of times in the, in the New Testament, it talks about this idea of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That we're inviting into this relationship. And when you fellowship with somebody, you interact with them. Joe also talked about the fact that we as a fellowship, as we press into the Holy Spirit, that sometimes this can result in physical things happening. Maybe as we press in and we ask the Holy Spirit to come, we maybe have a sense of peace. Maybe a sense of joy. Maybe we have a sense of heat in our bodies. And as Joe kind of described it, we might shake, rattle, and roll, if I remember exactly what she said last week. When the Spirit comes, it affects us. I think the most bizarre thing that ever happened to me was when the Spirit came was I sang in tune. <laughs> I thought it was worth sharing. I could have left it there, and you have to ask me afterwards. But um, I, don't, I don't sing in tune. I remember I was at university, and... Um, I was in a hall residence, and it was a tower block. It was kind of one floor was male, one floor was female, and so forth. And um, all the rooms were on the outside, and kind of the shower cubicles were uh, in the middle. And I love to have a long shower, like an hour, two hours. I don't do now because it costs me, but I didn't when I was at university. And, um, and I was just kind of praising God like, like I like to do. And I kind of came out of my shower, and everybody was in the corridor, standing there. And uh, my, my friend, who was my next door neighbor, uh, he was a Christian. He says, we knew the Spirit of God was coming because he said, it's the first time in my life I heard you sing in tongues. I'm sorry, um, just sing in tune. And then he says, and then the angels came. And that's why they're all standing outside here, rooted to the spot. And, uh, and I missed it all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when the Spirit comes, lots of different things can, can happen. Well, the key thing is not the outward manifestation where you sing in tongues, where you have this kind of sense of peace or joy. It's the transformation that happens inside you. That is the key thing. You see, you cannot encounter the living God. You cannot encounter the Holy Spirit and not go away changed. If you look in the Bible and as somebody who loves reading church history, you cannot encounter God and not be changed. 
Now, these changes can be outworked in a myriad of ways. But I would summarize it in two things. That when we encounter God, when we encounter the Holy Spirit, firstly, we become more like Jesus. And secondly, it results in us becoming a powerful witness of sharing of what Jesus has done in our life. If I look at it scripturally and I look at it historically, you get at least one and generally both of those things. So I'm going to just look at a story today that kind of encapsulates both those things. As we talk about renew, as we talk about stepping into the things of the Spirit and the way that affects us and makes us more like Jesus and begins to affect the way that we begin to communicate Him. There's a great story in Acts chapter 3, and it's going to come up. If you've been around church for a while, um, for me, when I read this story, it's very tempting to... Um, and going to a song, but as you just heard, I don't sing in tune. So unless the Spirit comes, and may, maybe pray for the Spirit to come, or don't sing, Paul. But it goes like this. I'm waiting for a reaction. Which one do you want? But it said, um, one day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Let me see what you got there. Let me fast forward it. It's easy to read it off there. No, my eyesight. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. To him, And if you read a little bit later on into uh, chapter 4, because after this, Peter just begins just to share the good news of Jesus. And in Acts 4, verse 4, it says this, But many who heard the message, at this point in time, believed, so that the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. And so we have this story of the Peter and John and what happens with this man. But, but let's just kind of rewind. If you're reading the Bible, just rewind a few chapters. I want you to imagine if Jesus was here, sat maybe in the front row. Maybe I use Joe as an example. Imagine G- Joe was Jesus. In some ways, she is Christ in her. And uh, I don't know what you would do. I mean, I'd, I, I, if Jesus was here, I'd be thinking, I, I know a number of different people I know who are sick. I'd be like, I've got to go, get in the car, bring them to Jesus. Because I was thinking, wow, Jesus is here. And often we say, you know, we want Jesus to be in a place. How amazing that word would be. But then Jesus said this once. Very truly, I tell you, it is good that I go away, that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And I don't know about you, but if I think Jesus was here, 
And he was saying, it's, it's a good thing for me to go. And some translations say, it's a better thing for me to go. I might be thinking, what's, what's better than Jesus on earth? You know, I've been with Jesus all these years. If I've been a disciple, I've seen the dead get raised up. I've seen lame walk. I've seen the blind see. I've seen leprosy that was such a kind of curse and scar on society in that time. And people restored and healed. Like, what, what do you mean, Jesus? It's better for you to go. You see, Jesus had come to proclaim the good news the kingdom of God was here, and he came to demonstrate it. But Jesus also knew that he could only be in one place at a time. And he wanted to see the kingdom of God come on earth. That's why he encouraged us to pray, and we, we sang that song, you know, that let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. However, for this to happen, a few things had to happen. Firstly, Jesus had to go. Secondly, this advocate or comforter or the Holy Spirit had to come. And uh, there's a couple of verses. And um, the first one, actually, as I'm doing this, can the handouts begin to go out? <laughs> you forgot about that. You're going to get some handouts, unusual. And um, it says in Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus said this, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. It's like this idea of waiting for the Holy Spirit. And then the verse that we have here from Acts. This is again Jesus speaking. And he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. Now everybody's looking at their notes. That's always a risk, but hey. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the disciples, they got challenged with this. And as we read in Scripture, they, they waited. Sadly, not all of them waited. We're told that when Jesus kind of shared this message, there was about 5,000 of them. By the time the Holy Spirit came, there was about 120 of them, which I always find a challenge. You know, we're talking a lot in this church about learning to wait, to press in to the Holy Spirit. So now we fast forward to this story that we just read about Peter and John praying. And what we want to look at as we're looking in this series about renew and this idea of kind of waiting and stepping into the Holy Spirit is like, what can we learn from this story? What do we mean by being re renewed by the Holy Spirit? What do we mean? Why were these guys waiting? What were the implications of that waiting? You see, this story that we read about Peter and John was not just meant to be there, a story that we look at and admire. It was not just meant to be a story that we turn into a kid's song that we sing. You know, Peter and John went to pray, met a lame man on the way. It's a story, it's a song that invites us to make it a living reality in our lives. So you see, there are new stories and new songs that are there to be written. I was thinking about this with my limited creativity when it comes to songwriting. I was just thinking about um, Nigel and Joe. I'm going to give you some examples. You know, Nigel and Joe, they have a dog called Comet. 
Nigel and Joe went to war with Comet. They met a blind man, and now he can see. Uh, Laura, I'm just picking on people here. So Laura, I know, has got some boys who might go and watch them play football. So she went to watch her boys play, play football. And somebody got injured. And she prayed, and that leg was restored. I'll use me as an example, so I don't feel like I'm picking on people. Uh, Katie, my wife, and I went to Chandler's Ford. I love Chandler's Ford and Asda. And, uh, and they met a lady, because like, I get to meet people and, and see what God wants to do. You know? And we met a lady in, in the aisle that just looked to be really heavy and down. And we just spoke her worth and her value into her life, and she got transformed. Ben's moved now, because there's a guy called Ben who was, new, he was at university. So I was just going to go, you can tell him later, I use him as an example. Ben went to university and he met a friend in the, in the library whose self-worth was so bad that she was self-harming. And he spoke her true worth and identity into her life. And God came and restored her heart and her body. See, there are stories waiting to be written. There are songs and melodies that draw attention to the goodness and the power and the might of God that have yet to be written. And this is what this story is about. This is what it means when we say we want to be renewed. We want to wait for the Holy Spirit. You see, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to press into just some principles and lessons that we can get from this story. And that's where most of that handout comes in. So I'm, going to, I'm not going to do everything on the handout. There's a whole load of kind of questions to help you think. One of the things that we say in the church is that, you know, we gather on the Sunday, but one of the best places to grow and develop is by getting in life groups. Life groups is when we gather during the week, because in those places is when we can begin to get the nitty and gritty. We begin to talk about, this is what was shared on Sunday. What does it mean and look like in our lives? And there's some questions there that will help you press into it. So we're not going to cover it all. There's a nice little summary of your little sheet. Firstly, lessons from this story in the sense of stepping into the Spirit. You can't have any chapter 3 or 4 stories that we just talked about, Peter and John. We're out of the chapter 2 story. We need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, wait. He says, wait to be filled. Wait to be um, baptized. You see, it's more than just a, a moment and experience. It's been transformed. That word to be baptized, there's a couple of words you could use if you wanted to use it in another way in English. One of them is this idea of being tie-dyed. Some of you might have to go back a number of years. I remember a number of times I had to buy white shirts for my children for them to, as far as I was concerned, to get ruined. And, uh, and if you know the idea, you get a white shirt and you tie it into certain patterns and then you put it into a dye and then whatever wasn't tied up gets seen. And, and this idea is what it means to be baptized. It's like you're so immersed in the Holy Spirit. Just like that tie-dye. I, I can't turn it back. I can't go, oh, I don't like that. It's permanently marked with that dye. We're so marked with the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. The other word that you can use is pickled. You know when you get a cucumber or something? I'm aware of this because it's quite common um, where I used to live in Egypt where they particularly like pickles. And, uh, and you pickle this cucumber. You can't unpickle it. 
can't go, I don't like that. Can I, let's just gonna do it differently. It's pickled, it's transformed, and that's what it means. We can't have these stories unless we are pickled, unless we are tied, dyed with the Holy Spirit. Because it brings a change. One of the most obvious changes in relation to what we're talking about, if you're familiar with the story of the disciples, when Jesus died on the cross, they were scared, they ran away. When they encountered the Holy Spirit after waiting upon him, they were filled with courage. A guy called Peter, we just referred to, was so scared he denied Jesus three times. We get a couple of times here where he's just proclaiming the good news boldly. Had his personality changed? No. But now he was pickled. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need. We need to be renewed by the Holy Spirit. It's more than just a one-off event. It's a kind of lifestyle. In Galatians 5 verse 5, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? It's being aware of the Holy Spirit in such a way that we can act and do what he's saying to us to do. How many of us are familiar with the game um, Simon Says? Simon Says hasn't told you to do anything yet. But anyhow, Simon Says, lift up. I've got to get, I get my left and right hand mixed up sometimes. <laughs> Simon Says, lift up your left hand. Wow, some of you are more enthusiastic than others. Simon says, actually, I'm not going to say hop in your legs. That's not fair. Simon says, lift up your right hand. Simon says, take down your left hand. Very good at this. Yeah, i got a few of you. Anyway, if we had time, I'd go on. But you get the idea. What do you do? You only do what Simon says, yeah? And you've got to listen really carefully. When we're full of the Spirit, we need to come to that point that we only do what the Holy Spirit says. And just like in the game, in the reality of following and outworking the Holy Spirit, it's like, what is the Holy Spirit saying? When he says to speak, to speak. When he says to be quiet, to be quiet. When he says to kind of step out, step out. When he says to stand back and give me some space so I can move. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit and letting it affect our lives. There's another verse, which I think is on your sheets. I'm not putting it up. And it's uh, Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to rebellion. Instead, be full of the Holy Spirit. The, the Greek word, I'm not an expert in Greek, but the Greek word for full means present continuous, which means to be filled and to continue to be filled and continue to be filled. We need, this is why we take time to wait, because we create a space and say, I don't know about you, but God, I need to be filled more with you. And the reason why Paul kind of gives this illustration about not getting drunk on wine, but being filled with the Spirit. You see, when somebody is intoxicated with wine, you can see it. You notice it in the walk. You notice it in the speech. You can sometimes notice it even in the way they breathe and their eyes. When we are full of the Holy Spirit, you know when you're full of the Holy Spirit because you begin to see it in the way that you speak, the way that you react to people, in the way that you walk. The question to me and the question to us is, are we underneath the influence of the Spirit? Because we should be. Wow, he's very quiet here. But we should be. It's an invitation to step into that. I think they had the quote in your notes. There's a well-known evangelist called D.L. Moody. And he was once asked, why is he urging Christians, or why is Paul Phillips this morning urging you to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And he said, because I leak. 
And I don't know about you, I leak. And driving on the road on the M3 and somebody does something interesting. I leak. Uh, it's been quite calm with my boys this morning, but sometimes if you know my boys, they kind of get a little bit excited and they start jumping over each other. And I'm like, I leak. And you've got your different things. We leak. And we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. We need it for ourselves, but we owe it to the, the people that we interact with to be full of the Holy Spirit. Do we know how to do that? On my phone, it tells me when the power is going down. Are we aware when the power is going down? And we need to just plug in again to recharge ourselves. We're meant to be living from the place of 100% full. And so when we've been talking about it, this series, and we're talking about renewal and entering into the Holy Spirit, it's more than just a nice event, more than just a fuzzy thing. And I love it, and I'm one of the best at enjoying that. It's not just about ourselves. It's also for those that we are living amongst. It's got to begin to affect us. And so one of the crucial things and lessons is we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. That was a critical thing. Secondly, I use this phrase that the disciples lived as scattered servants. This idea that in anywhere, at any place, with anyone, God can move. Living with that mentality. You see, as, as, as Peter and John went to pray, as they were doing everyday life, they weren't doing a special event. They were just living their lives. They went to pray every day as they lived their lives. As they live with this mentality that God at any point, at any time could do something. And uh, I have these kind of three verses, these three things I felt God shared to me a number of years ago. This idea of the Esther principle. For such a time as this, I'm in this place. The Jacob principle. Surely God is in this place. I'm, I'm not aware of it. And then the John principle. The Father is always at work. When I have that kind of mindset, everything changes. You see, that's why I love as the channelers forward. You see, because I don't have a set pattern. I don't go like every Friday at a certain time. It's more to do when I run out of food. I try to plan it into my diary. So when I go there to uh, fill in the gap, I'm just using my example. When I'm at Asda, I'm thinking, for such a time as this, I'm here. God is in this place. What is the father up to? You see, the father is always up to something. Now, I'm going to bring up an image. I forgot I'm dealing with, I often work with Americans, so I forget I'm dealing with British here. So, where's Wally? I think it should be here. And you've got where's Waldo. And if you're not familiar with this kind of character, uh, I learned this when I came to England. Um, this guy is called Waldo, he's called Wally. And it doesn't matter what, whatever other language you go to. I was looking this up in Spanish, and it's Donde está Waldo. Because uh, I had to use this, because I've got to do some training in Spanish in a few months' time. But if you know, if you buy his books, you get images like that. And somewhere, there's Wally, or Waldo, whatever you want to call him. He's there. No, who's <laughs> looking? There's no prizes. Now I lost all your attention again, haven't I? But he's there, and if you know the book, every page, he's there. Sometimes it's easier to find than other times, 
but he's always there. And you're thinking, what's this, what are you talking about? How does this relate? Well, if you don't get it in relation to what I'm just talking about, think of Waldo. I'm just talking about like Joe being like God. Now I'm talking about Waldo and Wally being like God, the Father. He's there in every page of our life. Even those are pages, if you're familiar with the book, they're very different, but he's always there. God is always at work. We've just got to figure out what he's doing. So I remember uh, a little while ago, I was down in Bournemouth. And uh, for those who don't know me, most of my time I, w- I work with Muslims. I love Muslims. I'm always looking for them wherever I am, and particularly as the channel is forward. And uh, so I can go and share Jesus with them. What? <laughs> and uh, and um, so I was in Bournemouth. I, so I found a cafe. And, uh, and before I went in, I thought, okay, I think I'm quite good. Uh, um, just seeing from the outward appearances, whether Muslims or not. And so I went in, and um, um, there was a lady there at the till, and she was just preparing. I asked a menu for my both kids. We were having some burgers and chips. And um, I have this kind of line, because actually I'm pretty, people think I'm crazily out there. I have no fear, but I have these lines just to help me. And so this little line, when this person prepared my food, I said, hey, we have this tradition in my family that whoever prepares the food, we pray for them. So what can I pray for you? And so this lady said, oh, nothing. I'm like, you know, any sick family members, anything you need help with? No, nothing. So I sit down, really disappointed. And I'm just praying, like, Father, for such a time as this, I am here. You are here. What are you up to? What are you up to? There's got to be something. I hate wasting money, and, and I just want to be able to do something and share something with this lady. And I was just reminded of a story in the Bible called, um, it's a story called Hagar. And I knew as a Muslim, they were very familiar with that story. It's one of their favorite stories for Muslims. And so at the end, I went up and I said to this lady, um, I know you said you didn't have anything you needed prayer for, but I was praying for you. And I was just reminded of this story called Hagar. I said, you know the story, don't you? She says, yeah. I said, in the story in Hagar, she's in a desperate place, and she is crying out to God, saying, God, hear my prayer. And she was crying. And I said, I feel like God's saying that you're in the same place. And she burst into tears. Still moves me to think about it, sorry. And uh, she said, yeah, my dad died two or three days ago uh, in Morocco. And I said, you weren't able to get back, were you? because I know how important Muslims get buried on the day. And, um, and so she cried more. And so I just kind of prayed and asked God just to bring her peace. I'd like to say some more amazing stuff happened. The Father's always at work. He's always at work. God is moving. That's what we're trying to press into as a church, as a community of believers. We want more of the Holy Spirit because we want to be led by the Holy Spirit and press in. Let me just rush through some of the points probably why I gave you um, uh, those notes. The other thing we've seen about Peter and John was they were moved by love. You know, they noticed. This is in the verse. They kind of noticed, and Peter said, look at me, and then just prayed for them. We need to begin to notice, and that's where the Holy Spirit again helps. How often we rush through life and we do not notice. The Spirit of God begins just to open our, our eyes. 
Uh, again, uh, if I had more time, I'd share in it some notes. But the Holy Spirit, one of the great things the Holy Spirit does, he reminds us of who we are and what we carry. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I not, but what I have I give to you. You cannot give away what you do not know you have. And the Holy Spirit helps because it reminds us of who we are and what we carry. Fifthly, and these I'm going to spend a little bit more time on points five and six, just time-wise. Fifthly, just learning to steal yourself and live in the moment. Jay was sharing earlier on that as a church, we, we were trying to learn how to wait and to be still and engage with the Holy Spirit. When you want to begin to step out and just share words with people, and Mark next week is going to be talking about one particular way we should speak in the words of God, what we call prophecy, you've got to learn how to begin just to still yourself. How to still yourself. Let's just take a moment just now, and if you don't know how to do it, maybe you've got a whole load of things bouncing through your mind. Maybe you're still thinking about Waldo. Maybe you're thinking about Asda. Maybe you're thinking about St. Gout's. An easy way of doing it is just say, I, I love you, God. I want more of you. You see, if we're going to be people that are full of the Holy Spirit and we go out and live our lives, live our ordinary, whatever that life looks like, we need to begin to become more aware of the Spirit in the moment. How do you still yourself? Because if I wait, maybe you're better than this, if I wait and I think, oh, I need to still myself, how do I still myself? Whoa, the moment goes. The person's gone. One of my favorite times to pray for people because I got trapped audiences. <laughs> Again, as the convenience uh, shop. For the person at the till, they can't go anywhere. But I tell you what, I mean, it's even harder at somewhere like Little because they, they go faster. <laughs> You've got to really begin to be able to steal your mind fast to be able to share a word for God. You haven't got time just to just go, oh, because all your stuff will be on the floor in Little. <laughs> Learning just to steal yourself and saying, what's the Spirit saying? So even now as we've got just a bit of time here and just practically, we talked about five people to pray for. You know, part of that kingdom initiative. Just ask God to bring to mind one person. And then ask God, what does he want you to say to that person? To share. I'd say do it now, but if I was doing training, I would do, but I'm not. It's slightly different. But I want you, as soon as you get a moment, so just be listening. At some point, just as we use what, you know, WhatsApp or just a normal message, send that message. The Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God is at work. He's with that person. What word does he want you to share that will transform that person's life? You know, I love the clip they played earlier with those people when they're asking them about being prayed for. The reason I like it is, if you ask most of the people, maybe, do you believe in God, do you believe in this, they'll probably say no. But people always love it when they get noticed. You see, the first miracle probably before that man, lame man, got healed was he got noticed. We often think there's just one miracle in that story. There's maybe two. Because I think at that moment when he got noticed, he was emotionally healed, and when he began to walk, he was physically healed.
It's my theory. You can agree or disagree with me. It's not clear in Scripture. Wait till we get to heaven. But we're called to bring transformation in people's lives, body, mind, and spirit. If we begin just to step out. Lastly, just because time's coming up, this idea of just kind of learning to wait on God, to be full of the Holy Spirit, to begin to step out. We need to begin just to take risks. We need to begin to practice. Often when people think about it, one of the things they say is like, what am I going to say? What am I going to, what are you going to do? Well, there's one thing about just depending on the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he'll tell you what to say. But there's also an aspect of just using sometimes common sense. And as I said, I'm an introvert. I have to have ways of doing this. I can't just walk up. My wife's great. She can just walk up to random people and just begin to speak to them. I need to have a reason. I don't like to come across as weird, however much you might think I'm weird. And, uh, and so I just learn things. You know, so like if I had that, you know, if I was speaking to a friend, you know, we just said, take a moment, bring a friend to mind, bring somebody to mind to just share a word with a WhatsApp. I might just say something like this, you know, I was just... Um, I was just thinking about you today, and you came to mind. And, uh, and you know, as a follower of Jesus, I, I kind of pray. And as I was praying for you, I just had this impression. I was reminded of this verse from the Bible. Uh, one I use, maybe I shouldn't mention the name, in this particular food store in um, Chandler's Ford. Uh, what, they lo- what they love to say to me is, do you need any help with your bag? Do you need, uh, do you need, need any help packing? They say it all the time. And I go, no, I don't need any help, but do you need any help? Do you need a miracle? And now the worst thing they might say to me is soon as people go, I don't believe in stuff like that. And then this way we're a practice house. I go, that doesn't matter. I've got enough faith for you as well. I'm not being flippant because I really believe that. And so that's what I mean by, by practice. That's one reason why you know, we have opportunities on Sunday to pray for each other. That's one reason why we meet in small groups. You just begin just to practice. And then you learn. You know, I've tried lots of different things that have gone down really badly. But you just practice. Because we're invited to go out and pray for the sick. But even with the Holy Spirit, some people think, if I just get the Holy Spirit, then it's all going to be easy. It helps, definitely. But you've got to still take a step of faith. Being full of the Spirit does not give an excuse not to step out and take risks. And so we need to just begin to step out and take risks. And I have that quote from that kind of film, uh, We Bought a Zoo, where he just talks about all you need sometimes is 20 seconds of insane courage. And maybe that's not you. Sometimes um, I'm kind of like thinking I might share with somebody in this shop. And um, I see something, I think maybe God is saying something. And I think, all right, if I'll go around the aisle, and if they're still there and they happen to still be looking at the yogurts, then I might come and share something. And then they are and I think, oh, no. Um, if they suddenly look at me and smile and then I go around another time and they're not there and I go, oh, well, God didn't want me to share with them. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. We, we'll always find excuses, but we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be living with the Holy Spirit moment by moment, filled with the Holy Spirit. But seize those 20 seconds of insane courage uh, and just go with it. As John Wimber said, you know, faith is spelled risk, R-I-S-K, risk. We need to begin just to step out and have fun. Living a life full of the Holy Spirit, living a life underneath the influence of the Holy Spirit 
It's one of the most fantastic ways of living. Life is never boring. I mean, think about it. Most of my examples today are to do with going to a supermarket. Many people I know so much they want to go to a supermarket, they will order it in. I refuse to do that because it's one of the few times. My wife keeps saying, can we order in our food? And I'm like, no, it's my main time to meet people. I want to go to Asda, China's world. And, uh, but how many more places and locations do we go to? We live our life. But the Spirit's saying, I want to do something. Let's have some fun in seeing the kingdom of God come to earth. Being so full of the Holy Spirit that you know when you're full of something because it just begins to knock over. If I had, actually, I do have a cup, but I won't do it here. But if I had a cup, which is water, so it'd be fine. Uh, so I wouldn't stay anything. But you know what you're full of when you get knocked, what comes out? What are we full of? We're full of the Holy Spirit. It's going to begin to overflow into the lives of those around us. So I'm just going to finish, just, and I think the quote is there on your, your sheet. There's been a series that's been out, a couple of series called The Chosen. I'm waiting for the third one to come out. And it just follows the life of Jesus and his disciples. Kind of based in scripture, but just kind of filling in some things from the, the writer's perspective. And there's a story about this lady called Mary Magdalene, and she says this famous line in the, in the series. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. I love that story. Her life was changed around. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. Who is him? In that case, it was Jesus. But there's stories out there to be written where people say, I was one way, and now I'm completely different. And the thing that changed was I met, I'm filling, filling the gap with your name. And I met them in Asda. I met them at the school gate. I met them over the photocopier at work. I met them in the library, filling the, filling the gap. And because of that encounter with that person who was full of the Holy Spirit, I encountered God. And like I said, you can never encounter God and not go away changed. It's the reason why Jesus went because he wanted us to be full of the Holy Spirit so that day by day, moment by moment, people would be able to encounter Jesus all the time. I'm just going to pray because I feel like I should finish it somehow. But then I'll hand over to uh, Joe and Laura. Oh God, you're so